0: If you want Colts talk all year long, you're in the right place. Fires upfield into the end zone, and it's caught! Jelani Woods! Touchdown! He's going to fire upfield, it's broken up, Tip. <laughs> and intercepted by the Colts! This is the official Colts podcast, giving you an updated look at what's new with the horseshoes. Colts have it! Interception! Two seconds left! You're going to win! In the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio, let's get the podcast started. <laughs> ah, yes! Getting the podcast started a little bit differently this week. It is the 4th of July. Happy Independence Day, everybody. I'm Matt Taylor, J.J. Stangevitz, Lair Overton over there. She's
1: I'm twirling my baton. She's and... the Grand
0: Marshal of the marching band today. We're brought to you by WinBet on this 4th of July. Full disclosure, we are not live. Not live in the sense that we're taping this on the 4th of July. We're taping this ahead of time so that we can have content up here on July 4th. But uh, we are feeling patriotic nonetheless. We are filled with that American spirit over there, Lara. What would you be doing, or I should say, what would the future you be doing Mm -hmm. on the 4th of July as we tape this a week ahead?
1: Uh, I will be up in Wisconsin, Northwoods, Wisconsin, with my husband and 10 of our friends um, enjoying a little time on the lake. But what are you
0: doing right now? Oh, at
1: this very, at 10 a.m., what are you doing
0: right now
1: uh i would imagine (laughs) that the boys will probably go fish so we'll probably go we'll we'll go hike or you know do something outdoors weather permitting uh enjoy some of you know um this glorious country and uh, <laughs> Our motherland is probably What we'll be doing and then Tis I'll probably thee. Be in search of a spotted cow Around lunchtime A little well, new Glarus. Done. Yeah. well
0: done and you're Also you're lining up the fireworks for Later on that night yeah you've got The grill going so uh, there's
1: something Called the Minocqua bats Which is like a, a ski Performance team I guess and They do a 4th of July oh, show Holy so
0: smokes so that's
1: something I was unaware Of a uh, JJ in, in your kind of Knowledge of you know the northern Midwest. Is this something that you, you know of? The Minocqua bats in a
2: competitive water ski something? I've never heard of them, but I am sure they have performed <laughs> I at don't the Wisconsin know. Dells. I never went to the Wisconsin Dells growing up because my parents hate it. Like they they would have they would have rather taken me to jail before the Wisconsin Dells. So I've never been to the Dells, but I'm sure they have performed at the Wisconsin Dells.
1: It's it's awesome. I'm looking at the photos now like this. I'm sure it's really cool. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm gonna be on top of this pyramid before the night is over.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're like Fonzie jumping the shark in a leather jacket. Is that what what I have? Yeah, that's that's exactly what I have pictured in my mind. Fonzie top of a pyramid trying to jump over a shark.
2: Well, while you guys while you guys are doing uh, American things. Lara's jumping on water skiing. JJ (laughs) Heston,
0: it's the American Citizenship Award. Yeah,
2: yeah, Maytay, I'm sure you're going to be out, you know, drinking a a nice light beer. He'll be on Lake Monroe,
1: probably. Lake (laughs)
2: Monroe, watching the fireworks, listening to some uh, classic rock and roll. Some Tom Petty. Uh, So let's see, when this podcast goes out, we'll call it, you know, maybe noon on the 4th of July at 6 p.m., I will be at a castle in Scotland Yeah, exactly. uh, celebrating You're like the, the wedding. I, yeah. Um, like Lee Greenwood. I am so sorry. <laughs> I will be, I will be probably enjoying a Scotch whiskey, um, oh. not in the United States. So apologies again to Sousa Lee Greenwood, Sousa, uh, uh, Nancy Ross. Yeah. Bruce Springsteen, George Bruce Springsteen, uh, other great Americans. I, I will not be here. J-J- Lee
1: Greenwood, every time I hear that song, I immediately think of the, the scene in the sandlot from the 4th of July. <laughs> That's exactly what comes to See, mind. When I
0: think of Lee Greenwood, I think of Canton, Ohio, and the Hall of Fame game that was canceled. Did be- he perform? Because he performed. Well, that, that was the game. That was the debacle game. It was Colts and Packers. Oh, <laughs> the right, paint quick, on the field. All right, yeah, quick tangent, okay? That was the game that got canceled because of the field and the paint and the whole schmazzle. And Lee Greenwood was supposed to play at halftime of that game, and he was supposed to play two songs. Obviously, one of them was. He has uh, another? Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> the game gets canceled. So the PA guy comes out and he says, ladies and gentlemen, today's game has been canceled due to field conditions, right? Something to that effect. And it's just pandemonium. It's chaos. It's people like going to the ticket office and demanding their you know, refund and, and, and trying to get their concession stand money back and all of that. And Lee Greenwood has been thrusted out on the field, and they're trying to play damage control. The NFL just shoots him out in the middle of the field. They say, play the song! Play the song! Play the song! So he gets up there plays the song, no one's listening, no one's paying attention, no one even knows he's out there, so he gets done playing his one song, Aww. and then Hall of Fame representatives are going play it again! Play it again! Just do it again! I felt so bad for him, so it literally in my Colts travels, I've seen Lee Greenwood play his one song like seven times.
1: Wasn't he in Vegas, too? No,
0: no, that was uh, John Fogerty, he, oh, he was in Dallas. Oh, potato, potato, potato. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I've seen Lee Greenwood play his one hit Literally seven times since 2012. Guys, I'm actually crying. Right now. <laughs> Just play it again! Play the song. <laughs> <laughs> it was epic. Oh, I felt so bad for him because he was put in an absolute lose-lose situation. See,
1: that's when you need <laughs> to come save the day and jump the
0: shark. i tell you That's what, man. You needed the in Oh, he played that bad boy. He played it as loud and, and as enthusiastic as he could, and still it had no effect on people running around trying to get their refund money back for that Hall of Fame game that never got played. Fantastic. <laughs> uh and, and jj so you were born in the usa but we're not letting you back in the usa because you fly the coop on independence day man what a, what a life
1: we'll let him well, back I mean, in okay. when, he sa- when he brings back that bordeaux for me yeah
2: yeah yeah lara's gonna get some nice wine back in our suitcase i mean listen this is all pending united airlines actually getting <laughs> me there
1: oh thoughts and prayers I, to last,
2: you. so so we're taping this on wednesday uh june 28th just for some transparency last night I couldn't fall asleep because I stupidly went on like flight track. And I was like, oh, I wonder how long the last flight from Newark to Edinburgh was. And it was canceled. And I go, oh no. (laughs) And then I look at the last three days of our connecting flight from Indianapolis to Newark have been canceled. And I'm just panicking. I am on Google flights looking at like Okay, if I if we drove to Chicago, could we get on a flight mm-hmm. to Edinburgh? Could we just get on a flight to London and then transfer and go to Edinburgh? I didn't go to sleep until like midnight, and it was like two hours of this anxiety attack about like, are we not going to make it? Oh, so,
0: wow. uh, well, when this when this podcast comes out, just retweet it and give us an update on on where the hell you are.
2: <laughs> we'll see if there are any spelling if there are spelling errors. You know, I've made it.
0: All right, so we got a loaded show today, despite the fact that we're not live, local, and late-breaking here on the uh, 4th of July. Everybody for the Colts is off this week. Colts organization, very nice to give uh, the entire building, the entire week off surrounding the 4th of July. So here's what we're going to do today. We are going to talk about our favorite 4th of July traditions, which I think we've kind of already done. We'll discuss uh some Colts players that are going to provide some fireworks here in 2023. How about that for tying it all back in Larry Overton fireworks in 2023. Some guys that are going to pop there. And then we're also going to honor the Declaration of Independence by making some Colts declarations. We're going to declare what we're confident in going into next season surrounding this Colts team and around the NFL. So that's what we're uh, up to this afternoon or this morning here on the 4th of July. Give me your favorite 4th of July tradition, Lara. I know you're not a huge July 4th <laughs> person, but you have to have yeah. something that you really admire about the day.
1: Um, I We typically, uh, most 4th of Julys in, uh, in the last few years, of the last few years, we have spent out with our very good friends, and they have a huge 4th of July party, and it is an absolute blast. It is like the bash of the summer and that is always such a fun time because it is one of those where it's oftentimes people who I may not see any other point in the year I mean you're talking there's 200 people you know at this party and so it's a great time to to see a, a lot of people who you typically you know don't get to see otherwise and everyone's just hanging out in the pool you know you got drinks and you're you're out on the water it's out over on Geist so it's you got all the boats out there everyone's just excited and So that's always one of my favorite kind of 4th of July traditions uh, that we have partaken in the last few years. Obviously, they're not doing it this year. We'll be up in Wisconsin uh, doing that instead, and they're going to take a, a year off uh, from doing that. But that's something that I always look forward to. It's just kind of the the gathering. You know, like mm-hmm. I am, I, I like to be around, I don't know if you guys know this about me at all. I'm quite extroverted. I do. <laughs> really? like, you're Right, I don't know. Uh. So anytime I could like be around a lot of people socializing and, and hanging out and all of that, I I'd love that. So,
0: J.J., did you know, here's a fun fact for you, John Adams believed that American independence should be celebrated on July 2nd, as that was the actual day the Continental Congress voted for independence in 1776. But it wasn't until July 4th that they sat down and, I guess, put pen to paper. But he was so annoyed that Independence Day wasn't celebrated on July 2nd, that history says that Adams reportedly turned down invitations to July 4th celebrations throughout his life.
2: That's a fascinating fact.
0: Talk about holding a grudge. Do you want to know a a more fascinating fact? Please. So
2: thinking about the 4th of July and traditions that I like, uh, I'm a big baseball guy, and uh, I went to a uh, White Sox Royals game on July 4th, 2011. I will never forget this. Pitching for the Royals was Aaron Crow, who I covered at the University of Missouri. He was a pitcher uh, at Mizzou. He wound up being an all-star reliever for the Royals. And the White Sox won the game on a walk-off balk. Wow. Aaron, I will never forget it. Aaron Crow is pitching. Adam Dunn is at the plate. And Aaron Crow (laughs) balks in the (laughs) game-winning run. Balks in the game-winning run. I've never seen that before. I will probably never see that again. In years of watching baseball, and it was a walk-off balk on the 4th of July. It's my favorite 4th of July memory of all time.
0: So, the firework guy, the, the pyrotechnic guy's like, we, we just won? <laughs> yep. Is that. Wait. Yeah. Wait, wait, do we still light these off? A walk-off balk? Does that count? I mean, <laughs> There's that's sh- my... there were fireworks. Cue the Lee Green one. <laughs> Play it again. Let's <laughs> just <laughs> play it now. That's my favorite part of uh, that's my favorite part of the Fourth of July. Huge firework guy, right? Huge firework guy. I'm a sucker for a great firework show that is synced up to music. You guys all know this about me. Uh, about sixteen thousand. July 4th fireworks displays happen around the country every year, according to the American Pyrotechnics Association. Larry, you know the APA. Well, of course. They're, they're putting that <laughs> yeah. out. So the the famed Macy's fireworks show in New York City, 75,000 fireworks shells. Wait,
1: I they do a fireworks show in New York City? Oh, yeah. I didn't. Oh, I yeah. had no clue. I mean, obviously Thanksgiving Day Parade and all oh, that yeah. stuff, and oh, Times yeah. Square for New Year's Eve. But I had no idea that. Yeah, they blow them up in the river. Forth.
0: Okay, so seventy-five thousand fireworks shells at the cost of about six million dollars. That leads us in to Colts players in line to provide some fireworks in two thousand twenty-three. JJ, give me some pop. Offensive fireworks in two thousand twenty-three. Where is that coming from on this Colts team going into next season?
2: is it a cop-out to say Jonathan Taylor? Nope. Okay. Cause it, it's Jonathan Taylor. It, like if, if he comes back looking like the Jonathan Taylor of 2020 to 2021 with Anthony Richardson in the backfield, uh, fireworks, I mean, like Jonathan Taylor, his first two years in the league, when, you know, things are going well, he was healthy. The run scheme was where it needed to be. The blockings where it needed to be. He averaged 5.3 yards per attempt. You had 2,980 yards on 564 rushes, 29 rushing touchdowns. I mean, you then add in a mobile quarterback, like 2021, the Colts, you know, Carson Wentz, he could do it a little bit, but they didn't run a ton of the read option stuff. Uh, Usually that was Carson handing it off or throwing kind of like a quick bubble. Like you could do legitimate read options with Richardson and Taylor, where, you know, Richardson's reading the D end. If he crashes down, Richardson keeps it. If he stays home, he gives it to Taylor. And I think this run offense, if you run four or five of those a game, those are going to generate a pretty decent chunk of yards on the ground. And that's going to really benefit Jonathan Taylor. Because if you're a D end and you're like, okay, I'm going to, you know, we're just going to take away Richardson. Okay. Then Taylor's going to get it. If you're going to try to take away Taylor, then Richardson's going to get it. And by the way, Anthony Richardson at six foot four, two hundred and forty pounds, he can probably outrun or truck your linebacker who's gonna scrape down and try to make a play on that. That to me, that that aspect of it for Taylor, I'm just so excited to see what he can do with a mobile quarterback in Anthony Richardson.
1: Uh, you kind of are this is Kind of previewing something I have I have JT down for something a little bit later JJ so we're Uh kind of on the same (laughs) thought but in terms of offensive fireworks I'm talking you know those explosive plays deep threat opportunity and it is Alec Pierce for me. I think that you saw so many, uh, you know, kind of glimpses of that last season with what he's able to do um, and what he can be in terms of, you know, downfield passing game, um, you know, obviously target in the end zone, red zone, all of those things. So that's it for me. I think that he can take a huge leap in year two. He had significant time, of course, over um, the You know, minicamp, OTAs, like, you know, although he was somewhat limited early on, he really started establishing a bit of a rapport with both Gardner Minshew and Anthony Richardson, and I think for Alec, you know, having you know someone who, you know, both or actually all of them, all three with with Sam in there too, all pretty young quarterbacks. One of them more the most experienced with Gardner being able to help communicate Shane's offense to a guy who's eager to learn and continue developing, of course, under the tutelage as well of, of Reggie Wayne. Those guys seem to really... Um, you know, you saw Alec really pick up on a lot of what Reggie was trying to instill in him and the benefits of what Reggie had gained yeah. through experience in his career and how he overcame some of his ugly, uh, uh, not ugly struggles, early struggles, excuse me. And I think that that will continue to be a great benefit to Alec Pierce. He is someone who came into the off season incredibly hungry, and I think that this offense, this scheme with Jim Bob Cooter, with Shane Steichen, mm-hmm. is really going to complement Alec's skill set well.
0: Yeah, you got Alec Pierce, you got Jonathan Taylor, two great answers. I, I think Jonathan Taylor was, was it for me in terms of a guy that immediately came, you know, top of mind there, and I agree with you, J.J., I mean, all the things that Jonathan Taylor can do in the running game, and you brought this up, and I think it's so spot on. I mean, that that duo is going to impact the passing game as well with Richardson and Taylor in the backfield at the same time because of play action. That should really open up some throwing windows for Richardson. And and kind of a tangent here, that should be the main selling point for Jonathan Taylor in his new contract, whether that comes this offseason or next offseason. Obviously, you know, Taylor and his camp, look at Richardson, look at Jonathan Taylor. Taylor can be huge for Richardson and really important for the development of a rookie quarterback or a young quarterback. Uh, But but Taylor and Richardson together should lighten the box, help keep defenses more disciplined. I don't think you're going to see nearly as many blitzes and stunts and line twists and things like that because the offensive line struggled because they didn't have dynamic ability behind them last year. But now they're going to have Two healthy, dynamic pieces in Richardson and Taylor—arguably the two most athletic players on the team—sharing the same backfield for next season. So I think two great answers right there: Alec Pierce and Jonathan Taylor. Lara, let's go defensive fireworks. Who's providing the pop next year on defense? Kenny Moore, the second. All right, bounce back. Here.
1: I I do. I I think that we have seen just in terms of his growth. Over the last 12 months, I think there is so much of a... Kenny has come in just wise and experienced and seasoned, and he has just really started to embrace what his role can be within this defense. He knows he's got to have a bigger year. He was able to really, he had a maturity is the word I was going to. I really think we have seen great maturity from what he went through last season, struggling a little bit to kind of figure out his mm-hmm. fit within this defensive scheme. You, you, I mean, you're going to get it, right? You're going to get it from the guys up front, but I, you know, I was going back and we talked about this on last week's podcast about the emphasis of the pass rush and the benefit that you can have, obviously, in the secondary, but I just think that you know kenny is that guy who has the ability to do a lot of different things for this defense he can take the ball away he's an outstanding tackler i think that he can certainly be a be that guy that you saw you know two and three seasons ago to be Mm -hmm. a big force within this defense. Because, yeah, if Shaq Leonard's healthy, he's going to bring it for you, of course. Um, I just think that with the inexperience that you do have right now within that cornerback group, I think that this is a prime opportunity for Kenny to rise to the occasion and continue to be that difference maker in this defense that you've known him to be in the past. And
0: looking back on his offseason, when when he spoke to the media, when we had a chance to talk to him one-on-one, for interviews, Larry, he just seemed to have a different mindset. He seemed to have a different demeanor, and yeah. and just he was determined. I think
1: that's that maturity factor that we really him. Saw. Absolutely, and he's so highly motivated this year. And you know, I think that you know what he went through over the last you know two years, and so is only going to make him better. And I think that he is embracing
2: that.
0: All right, JJ, what if I said for defensive fireworks next year? What if I said Samson Ebicom? How would you feel about so
2: that? So I, I I was actually kind of thinking about that because if he kind of slides into that spot next to DeForest Buckner and, you know, look, if Buck is getting double teamed, he's going to have opportunities. I think Yannick Ngakwe last year, he, he had a good sack total, certainly, but he didn't consistently pressure the quarterback if you kind of look at his total pressure numbers. I think if Ebicom, if Ebicom just kind of sticks to All right you know i'm not gonna get too far up field i'm just gonna you know he's a guy who he he has consistently pressured quarterbacks in the past especially when he's been playing on defensive lines that have had guys who have required quite a bit of attention you know joey bosa or not excuse me nick bosa uh eric armstead with san francisco aaron donald with the la rams uh you know now coming to a line where deforest buckner grover stewart require a lot of attention I think he can be – I don't know if he's going to be a, you know, 10-sack guy, but I would be shocked if he got to the end of the year and you're sort of like, yeah, like he he had a good season. He, he got after the quarterback, and, you know, maybe he doesn't get the sack, but he produces a sack, or he gets a drive-ending pressure, something along those lines where you get to the end of the year and you're like, man, he's just a really solid player. Um, The guy – and this isn't like – I don't have a specific guy, but I think – one of the the young cornerbacks at least one of them is going to have a really solid year and, and the team leader in interceptions is going to come from that group of Dallas Flowers Darius Rush Juju Brents Jalen Jones Daryl Baker Jr whoever it may be uh, the team lead and I guess this could probably work for a declaration too which we're going to get to later in the pod but uh the the team leader in interception is going to come from one of those guys
0: you know in, in every great fireworks show there's always like two to three fireworks there's a There's a stretch in every fireworks show where there's like moments where you're like, Man, I've never seen that firework before. Or man, that was loud, or man, that was like look at the colors on that bad boy. Give me a deceptive firework in 2023. Where is that coming from? I'll start because kind of what I mean is like a guy that's gonna come up huge for the Colts, but we're not really thinking about him right now. For me, that guy is Matt Gay. Because the Colts made it they made it a point to address kicker in free agency. And as we all know, I mean, kicker is one of the most important positions on the team because they directly give you points when drives stall out or you need points at the end of a half or the end of a game. I mean, those are the moments that that decide games. So you look at it, Matt Gay, from 21 to 22, he is the league's most accurate kicker. That's why the Colts prioritized him and gave him that healthy contract. He is 60 of 64 the last two years. That's almost 94%. We saw Richardson go through a learning curve in the red zone during the spring, and Shane Steichen talked about that at the end of the OTAs, right? The next thing for Richardson to master is the red zone. But if you stall inside the red zone, your best friend is the kicker and the kicking game, and that's Matt Gay. He's been so money the last couple of years, and you look at the Bengals – you look at the Bills. You look at the Chiefs. You love Evan Kick I lo- you love him. I just, I just love a good kicking game yeah. because you got to have you got to have a quarterback. You got to have a good defense, but you also have a great have to have great special teams in yeah. order to go I to like that. these pinnacle levels like the AFC Championship game. that is deceptive because you're going to overlook
1: that a lot. I agree. Um, the one that I came up with, and I, I had to think about it once I had a greater understanding of exactly kind of where you were going, Matt. This this might seem I might be going on a limb here. But I'm going to go with the rookie, Evan Hull. I think pass-catching ability as a running back in complement to Anthony Richardson and Gardner Minshew, I think he could be a significant weapon, a sneaky weapon in a Shane Steichen offense. JJ, what do you think about that?
2: I love it. I mean, he was the most productive pass-catching running back in college football last year, coming out of Northwestern. And, you know, Shane Steichen in 2020, when he was Justin Herbert's offensive coordinator— He told herbert your tailback is the best is your best friend if if you can't read out a defense yet or you know you're not sure of what you're seeing dump it off to the tailback and i think that's going to be a boon for jonathan taylor but if evan hall earns his way onto the field because he's a good pass protector he can catch the ball um that's absolutely a huge asset and I think he's a little He's
1: a little bit different than the guys you, you know, he's a different type of back than a JT or a Deion Jackson. You know, the, the guys who you already have kind of in that room right now.
2: Let me go out on a real limb here because I was going to say drew Ogletree.
0: Don't uh, do it. JJ. Oh, oh, Don't Zach, do oh, it. Zach
1: Moss was the other. I was like, I was I'm missing a back here. He's missing Zach Moss. Sorry. That was the other one. I was like, yeah, that's different than all of that combination. There you go. Sorry, JJ. So I I'd jump in. I had I was, a brain fart there.
2: I was going to say drew Ogletree, but I, you know, I think people who listen to this podcast are smart. They know that Drew Ogletree, the Colts have been really high on him. Uh, you know, if he's back healthy, he can earn a, a big role in the offense. So let me go out on, on a big limb here. How about Jake Witt?
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, that that is okay. quite the so limb. He's, All right.
2: He's the, he's the seventh round pick. He was the last draft pick Wait, the Colts were you going had.
1: out on a limb with Ogletree because his name is Tree? Like, was that a <laughs> pun that I just am picking up on because I haven't had enough coffee yet? Was you, that a? You,
2: you are barking. You're, you're barking up the right tree. No, there, Lara. No, because uh, you
1: could have gone Jelani Woods too. I know. On, I, I could have gone Jelani of, Woods.
2: I mean, whatever. Whatever it is, it's gonna stick.
1: Oh. oh no. The dad jokes are at an all-time high. All right, get going. Go. Go. Go on your Jake Wit bit now. Holy smoke.
2: All right. Uh, We've lost
1: total control. Look,
2: the the wildfires in Canada, you know, all those trees burning—it just really <laughs> no. got to my head down here. Um, so, okay, Jake Witt, I don't, I don't know if Jake Witt is going to start this year, but when it comes to the Colts needing offensive line depth, Jake Witt is such a raw prospect. I just had this thought pop into my head of, I wonder if he could play interior. I wonder if like. You get to training camp and you're like all right yeah you know we can't get him in at tackle and blake freeland is is you know maybe he's playing well and he's gonna be your swing tackle what if you kicked him inside and what if all of a sudden jake witt became an option at right guard could that be a possibility i don't know uh but if he comes in and you're like man this guy can really play he's really athletic he's raw but he's coachable uh maybe that's a possibility i don't know that that's me again i'm i am like I, I'm deep into this one, but if you're looking for that sneaky firework, we've never seen it before. We've literally never seen a player like Jake Witt before right? Uh, with his background. I don't know. It's just something to keep in mind. I, I could be completely wrong about this. You could get to the end of training camp and be like, what a dope, what a stupid thing to even like bring up <laughs> on a fourth of July podcast, or you're going to, but what's really going to happen guys is that if Jake Witt never even like touches guard, no, one's going to remember this. But if he gets yeah. into guard, you're gonna. I am going. <laughs> to, I am going to remind you guys every single time he gets an NFL snap that I called it on the Fourth of July podcast. I'm gonna be insufferable. We're gonna
0: clip it out, keep receipts on everything. Hey, and-
1: one one quick thing going back though to your mention of Drew Ogletree. just for for reference, a little bit of an insider thing for those outside. We're all trying to you know kind of satiate that appetite for football right now. Drew Ogletree, I don't know that that guy has missed a day when the facility has been open in terms of just getting in work, being in the training room. Yeah being in the weight room like every time like I'll be here on like a like a Friday mid-afternoon wrapping some stuff up and you wander back and like Drew is still here like this guy is putting in absolutely every ounce of his energy and dedication to getting back on that field I, I mean I don't know that there's a guy that you right. root harder for th- than what he is doing right now so I can assure you Colts fans one of the most dedicated guys that we mm-hmm. have seen over the last six months this guy is a grinder so hopefully sure. you know come Grand Park which now we have the training camp schedule. We have it out. We know that's, you know, gonna be July twenty-sixth for the first practice. Hopefully, Drew was one of those guys who's out on the field or at least getting close to being out yeah, there.
0: Yeah, he was the star. He was the voice. He was he was the main attraction at training camp last year before he tore that ACL, trying to get back to that uh in a couple of weeks when the Colts report for training camp up at Grand Park again Colts.com slash camp for all the free dates on which the Colts will practice. Uh, before the preseason. Before we get into the Colts' declarations, Larry, you know this. Americans typically eat a lot of hot dogs on the 4th of July. Mm -hmm. Not you, though. I'm not a hot dog
1: person. Americans
0: typically eat 150 million hot dogs every 4th of July. That is enough to stretch from Washington, D.C., to Los Angeles more than five times, according to the National Hot Dog and Sausage Council. You know, the NHDSC. <laughs> JJ, so you, you got to find a-, a hot dog over in Scotland. How difficult <laughs> do you think that's going to be for you on the 4th of July?
2: Uh, ooh, I bet I could find a hot dog. I don't know how I would cook it. That'd be the issue. Uh, I could probably go to a Tesco in Scotland. and they. So my, my friend who's getting married is over there. And he sent me a photo of the Tesco. Tesco is like Kroger, but in uh, the UK. And he sent me a photo of their like frozen Chi-Town deep dish pizza, which looks nothing like a deep dish pizza. It's not And I'm like, I love this. This is like, this is like the British take on it. I bet they have like a British take on a hot dog. Maybe it tastes better. I don't know. Or maybe they just have like Nathan's. Maybe Nathan's is
0: uh, international. Who knows?
1: But, uh, let's call up Joey Chestnut. We'll ask him. Well, that's it. I mean, know.
0: 150 million hot dogs. Lera's not contributing to that no. at
1: all. No, I, I'll, I'll go ham on some cheeseburgers, though. Like, you want to, yeah, yeah. yeah. Give, me a, give me some patties. I'll stack them up. I'm yeah. with you. Yeah, I like, so I, I'm more of a burger gal uh, with, like, I like a healthy dose of some pickles on there, like a lot of pickle, and then a ketchup-mustard uh, combo I, on I there. Have,
0: I've never watched the hot dog eating contest, because I, I, that would just make me barf. I mean, that's... It's just oh, so I love disgusting. It. It's I love so it. gross. Oh, I think it's. I mean, I love hot dog. What, what I love a hot dogs. What always baffles
1: dog. me is like you know you've got your typical contenders, you got your Kobayashis and your Joey Chestnut on the men's side, and then it's always like this eighty pound gal who wins for <laughs> like the women's competition. It's like wait, I think she just ate her weight it's in the, hot dogs. It's so like, disgusting. It, oh, I love it. I cannot watch it. 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 That should. Be, you know what? I, I really, I really balked to go back to a previous conversation on our favorite Fourth of July. Traditions because the I love the Nathan's hot dog eating. Oh, hot. That's so like gross. a that's like a bucket list as a broadcaster for me. Like if I could get the call
0: up <laughs> you to Page? Coney Island, <laughs> you know, dang,
1: I would do that for a Fourth of July. I think it's fantastic. Love it. I, my friend Melanie Collins has actually d- done the sideline reporting for Nathan's for a couple of years. She's done that, and I'm like that Ooh. is Like I gotta we gotta sit down like and have just some the barcam. Yeah, I, like, I don't would know. It, like, wouldn't cam? you be
2: so worried as the sideline reporter for that of like <laughs> you're interviewing? Someone who just consumed 400 hot dogs that they're just going to that's
0: why well, I'm like, all over you.
1: Well, like typically the most haz- hazardous thing that you have is you wear a is well, worrying about like the Gatorade <laughs>
0: bath, right? Like this is a completely different level. Yeah. You know, it's like sitting in front row of a Gallagher concert or something. <laughs> you know, I mean, just like watermelon shooting at you. <laughs>
1: yeah, That's I know, just I, know, I mean right. the How many camp. hot dogs can you eat, Matei? Yeah, I'm going. I could probably do. I, I mean, can do a. I can do like two two cheeseburgers, like two double cheeseburgers. I think. Whoa. I could, yeah. All right. I am a that. Four, four patty type like gal.
0: Uh, the most. Like I got to be starving but the most hot dogs i could eat is three the bun, most I no could. Bun, oh, are, yeah, oh, yeah. are you
1: going like a double wiener on a single bun no, like, what's yeah. your strategy I, i've got to have it all okay. if, I, if
0: i'm gonna eat a hot dog i need a bun i need mustard maybe a little uh little peppers and onion you know or maybe some chili cheese because yeah, I, I would yeah. i would load it up and and and, and have all those toppings just kind of rumbling in there and as jj said i got to make room for the for the light beer, I got to be dancing to some Tom Petty later in the day on the Fourth of, <laughs> of July. Course. What about you, JJ? I mean, how many hot dogs could you house if you had to?
2: Uh, I could probably put back if they're char dogs. I could put back like four, but if they're just like you know boiled or like over grilled, like
0: do you like your hot dogs two? like really big time cooked, like like black on the grill?
2: No, um, like a like a char. So a char dog is um. You know, it's kind of like grilled over charcoal. So, like, that's – this is, again, this is me coming from Chicago and being gotcha. like, not everyone uses the same terminology, you know. char dog. Yeah. Um, when
0: so you said char, I think, like, like, really, really, really black on the end. Yeah. You yeah. Like, you no, 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 I mean? no. It's
2: more just like – like, there are some, like, really good hot dog stands in Chicago that just have, like, char dogs. And, like, you I can't explain it. Just, like, it's just – they taste better. Yeah. So I can do those, gotcha. but, like, you're run-of-the-mill ballpark Frank, you know, thrown on a gas grill and <laughs> – blackened like Jeffrey Gorman likes his steak. Uh, that that I can't do.
0: I'm with you. All right, so the hot dog eating contest, that's probably already in the books as we sit here and talk right now on this uh, preview of the 4th of July podcast. All right, let's make some declarations, and I'm not talking about Michael Scott, okay?
2: I declare bankruptcy!
0: That's not what we're talking about here, okay? The Declaration of Independence synonymous with the 4th of July. Is that
1: office? Is that some, from that's the office? That's an office, office oh, okay. reference, right? all right.
0: All right, let's make some declarations about the Colts going into the season. Well, I should say it doesn't have to be about the Colts. It could be about the NFL. Just oh, something oh, I went something specific, you are I guess, very okay. uh passionate about and you can absolutely predict it happening. Lair Overton, this is your declaration okay, on the Okay, I previewed
1: I previewed this when in JJ alluded to it earlier. Jonathan Taylor returns as the NFL rushing champ in 2023. That's yes. my declaration right there. We're
0: 2,000 yards I for Jonathan Taylor. I declare
1: Jonathan Taylor. I
0: declare. I didn't say it. I declared it.
1: That's it. That's it for me. I, I, I do. That's, uh, I'm going all in. Taking I'm the go- pr- All chips in.
0: Taking yeah. the pressure off of Anthony Richardson in year number one, Jonathan Taylor, the best well, offensive weapon for the Colts.
1: Well, because I think you're you're there's no doubt you're going to get an improved offensive line. Right. I, I think that already you have seen that group, and I think the continuity of that group. They, I mean, that entire unit was healthy throughout the spring and the summer. I think that is going to pay dividends. I think Tony Sperano is going to do fantastic things with that group as well. J.T. is going to be back and healthy, of course. Last year injuries had so much to do with a drop off. In his numbers he's coming back highly motivated it's a contract year he has everything on the line to play for both you know from a an individual standpoint and of course he's the ultimate team consummate teammate team mm-hmm. guy so yeah that's that's it for me i'm going all in jonathan Number
0: taylor leads the nfl in rushing for the second time in three years that is Lair overton's declaration jj what are you declaring
2: The Colts will have a top 10 defense in 2024. Oh, I like it. I like it. Indeed, indeed. Second second year under Gus Bradley, the guys who are returning are going to play a little bit faster. I think the turnovers tick up a little bit. I'm not super worried about the youth at cornerback because I'm confident in the pass rush. Um, I think the depth on the defensive line is really, really good. I mean, you're looking at you know, Dio Dangbo, uh Adatami Taven Bryan, um, you know, I think there there's some, you know, Taquan Lewis coming back. The depth there is gonna be really solid and really important for, you know, maintaining success among that group, which I think will kind of be the engine of a top ten defense. And plus Nate Ali, by the way. Shout out, he he is a really good defensive line coach. Oh, that guy. Colts are really lucky to have him on their staff, and I think he's going to get a lot out of those guys, and that will kind of drive the top ten success of this defense.
0: All right, two declarations right there. Jonathan Taylor leading the NFL. The Colts boasting a top ten defense from J.J. Stankovitz. I'm kind of going outside the box or outside of Indianapolis on this one, kind of, sort of, a little bit. I'm declaring that the Colts and the Houston Texans – Will be much better than the national mm-hmm. people think. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm declaring. I mean, I've seen six and 11, 5 and twelve for the Texans. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they beat that by a couple games next season. I, I really wouldn't. I mean, you got you're solidified there at the head coaching position now with D'Amico Ryan's. I think he's going to put in a really good culture really, really quickly there in Houston. I, I really like what they've done this off season. I mean, obviously, C.J. Stroud comes in, I Will mean, Anderson there at number of three. Tons of draft
1: capital right there. Absolutely. absolutely. In that rookie class. And yeah. they've got
0: nowhere to go but up on offense. I mean, last year they were 31st in yards, but now they've got Devin Singletary to go along with Damian Pierce in the backfield, Dalton Schultz at tight end. Uh, Noah Brown also comes over from the Cowboys. I'm not saying they're going to, you know, really compete for a playoff spot, but I think they're going to be much better, quicker than than people think. Let's all just put right. it I mean, that look, way. The,
2: the last two years, you haven't really known what the Texans are doing. Like, what direction are they going in? Now they have a clear direction, and like for all the reasons you just said, um, I think their offensive line is pretty good. Laramie Tunsil is a really good player at left tackle. Got some Does anyone guys else on feel line. like he's been
0: in
1: the league for like twenty years? Like I just because I will always talk about him. I don't, I don't know if it's because he's just in yeah, the division 20, 2016,
2: or what. twenty sixteen. I mean, yeah. it
1: just seems like he's been around forever to me.
2: But like you know, Kenyon Green was the first round pick last year. Um, you know, Titus Howard over there. Like they they've got some guys, and I think just you can see that their arrow is now pointing up, and you can see where they're going and what they're going to do. And I think that. Just baseline is going to help them be a better football team
0: this year. They've got Tank Dell. Don't forget about John Mechie. That could give the Texans yep. some oh. really good. Their wide receiver group is one on of the offense. incredible stories. Yes, yeah, even
2: after trading Brandon Cooks, their wide receiver group is solid. It's it's definitely good enough for C.J. Stroud to step in and have right. some success.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm declaring. Just like the Colts, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna go as far as the the rookie development of C.J. Stroud takes him. But I think the Texans are gonna be a tough out on a week-to-week basis next season, just like the Colts uh, in the National Football League. All right, uh, we've got to hype up some uh, content that's also coming out later on this week. Our person behind the pads podcast, that's uh, returning. This week our guest is, it's not a player, it's a coach, Shane Steichen, head coach Shane Steichen. He's going to discuss his passions off the field, talk about his family, talk about his kids and Uh, his family's personality, what he thinks of Indianapolis so far after being hired back in February, kind of a get-to-know-you, the new Colts head coach uh, sitting down with us a little bit later this week on the person behind the pads. Also, the Colts reunion podcast is back this week. We're chatting up Anthony Costanzo going in the way back machine with the former Colts left tackle. he will talk about playing with Dwight Freeney and Robert Mathis early on in his career. He'll talk about that big-time moment for him, that touchdown catch in the Patriots against the Patriots on Sunday night football back in 2014 and some of his uh, favorite memories in a Colts uniform. Playing with a lot of different quarterbacks, But uh, Anthony Costanzo, really, really good dude, really good conversation. That's coming out later this week with myself and Bill Brooks on the Colts Reunion podcast. And then The Last Word is coming back on Friday, and we're uh, previewing the Colts linebacker situation going into training camp. We're kind of morphing into – the defensive side of the ball. We spent a lot of uh, May and early June talking about the offensive side of the ball on the last word. So, L.O., continue to have fun in the Northwoods. Yeah, and, uh, I'm, stay excited. Safe.
1: I'm excited. Don't
0: do anything J.J. wouldn't do. Hey,
1: you know, I'll send you pics from the top of that pyramid. Yeah, you know? <laughs> your leather jacket. <laughs> hey, one thing is, uh, as we kind of start previewing and talking about training camp, um, had an opportunity to go up to Grand Park for the training camp announcement and see a lot of our season ticket members up there. And Shout out Mike Blankenship A loyal listener to the podcast Mike had a great conversation with him His daughter is actually on the staff Of Grand Park so one of those many many People that make training camp Such a success and we are so grateful To Mm -hmm. have Grand Park and Westfield As the home for Colts training camp and the Hundreds of thousands of fans that always Flock to see the practices a Combination of morning afternoon night Practices joint practices we'll have it All but Mike thank you so much it was great Getting to talk to you last night i'd appreciate your loyal listenership of the podcast and also like if we're out and about over the next few weeks like Please stop us, chat. It's so great. especially We love, especially, it. We love, love it. it. Especially in this time of year when, you know, we miss getting to see the fans on game day, all of that. It's great to see people and to hear what you guys want to hear more about, what you're listening to, what you're liking about the podcast. So really grateful for all of you guys for as sure. we have kind of this, you know, few days of celebrating uh, America's independence and, and whatnot in the history mm-hmm. of the United States. Want to celebrate each and every one of you. So, Mike, you're fantastic. We'll see you up at Grand Thank Park in you, a few Mike. weeks. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank all you
0: do. Yeah, thank you so much, Mike, man. We uh, thank you for all that you do, and thank you for the support. JJ, safe travels, man. Seriously, I uh, hope you get over there quickly and efficiently, and everything goes as scheduled in terms of your planning. I know you've been looking forward to, to this trip for a long, long time. Safe travels, and uh, have a hell of a time over there.
2: Yeah, thank you, Mayteh, and I uh, hope everyone listening to this podcast, if you are traveling, stay safe. And
0: uh, enjoy the fireworks. Enjoy the 4th. And we'll, Yes, we'll sir. Be back yeah. Later. Everybody
1: be, s- be safe. Cheers.
0: Have a great time. That's right. Keep all your digits right. <laughs> fireworks and alcohol do not mix, as Donnie Baker said back in the day. Happy Independence Day, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week as we creep ever closer to Colts training camp in late July. Colts.com slash camp for all the training camp details. This has been the official Colts podcast on the 4th of July. Thanks for listening, everybody, on the Colts Audio Network. So long.